A few weeks ago, I wondered how theater and the arts could survive and potentially thrive in an environment where nobody could go out and see a show, and potentially find a new audience by making things even more accessible. I find that theater's biggest strengths can sometimes hinder it too, especially during a pandemic. It's very localized, very close and intimate, but how do you do that in a pandemic when everyone is forced to be at home? Well, it takes a lot of hard work, creativity, and perseverance. And when I did my episode on theater, I talked with someone leading the charge to bring it online. But there's another community that I wanted to talk to as well. I figured that the drag community would be full of ideas on how theater can change itself during a pandemic and adapt. So I reached out, and at last I have a conversation that I wanted to have from the start. This is The Tim Gavin Show, a holistic look at music and pop culture. This episode is a follow-up on two previous episodes of this podcast, linked to both are in the show notes. And we're going to start things off with my interview with LaDonna Stone, drag queen and theater extraordinaire from Edmonton, Alberta, on what drag is doing to help keep the scene alive during COVID-19, and what the arts should also think about taking note of. Uh, it's been busy. It's been a long week at work. It's been non-stop since COVID's hit, so. Oh yeah. So besides drag, do you do anything else? Um, yeah, I'm actually a desk clerk at the courthouse. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. So that's, it's a good, um, I get good differences in my jobs, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I imagine, you know, having like the one job gives you like a, a good means of pursuing your true passion. Exactly, exactly. One gives me the money to be able to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. How long did it take for you and possibly others in Edmonton's drag community to adapt to COVID-19? Um, I have to say it was actually pretty immediate. Like it was within a couple of weeks that we had created um, new opportunities for us um, virtually, just because a lot of the performers here uh, just didn't want to stop performing and didn't want to stop doing their art. So um, me and a couple of close friends of mine, actually, we all kind of came up with our own methods of, doing drag virtually. So it's been pretty interesting. With your theater background, did that inspire you to go into drag or the other way around? I think that with drag and with theater, um, for me, um, they always kind of went hand in hand, you know? Drag is just uh, a mini production, the way I see it is. You're creating a character, you're portraying a story through emotions and and acting. So theater and drag to me are very similar in the fact that you're a being personified and you are creating a story. Absolutely. I've always kind of felt the same way. And especially with, you know, how creative and dare I say resilient the drag community can be sometime. I have been thinking for a long time that theater and every other art scene out there could probably take a few notes from drag and see what they're doing and just kind of adapt it. So with COVID-19, have you been using, well, not only like, um, say, I've heard some drag queens doing backyard or front yard performances, but have you also been like using Zoom as a way to perform as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. When we first had the initial shutdown, we actually had a weekly show called Party Queens Live, which is, uh, which was a show that we had been doing and we booked queens about, it depends. We had like 
bigger casts, smaller casts, but people would either perform live from their living rooms or their bedrooms, or they would create um, almost like a music video type style, uh, a pre-recorded video, and we would air it as, um, as people were watching live on Zoom. And have you also been like using the, uh, the Zoom backgrounds to kind of add into the fun and creativity of that as well? The Zoom backgrounds? Yeah. Um, I mean, not for me. I'm just not so tech savvy. I just like know how to turn it on and like, that's about it. <laughs> Make sure that people are muted who need to be muted. But um, for me, I think that the reason why it works so well is because people want to see people performing for them. Mm -hmm. You know, like we could all go on YouTube and watch a video of a drag queen doing that Britney number, that Brianna number, you know, but we want to be able to have that connection and have live reaction. And I think for the audience and for the drag performers, it really does help with that. Yeah. And also, are there certain things that you think other parts of theater should do to like help find a bigger audience and find more support while they can't perform during a pandemic? Yeah, well, I think that theater, because it's, it's something that has to do with, um, like it's a collaborative art that you have to be with other people. I mean, obviously there's like one men and women shows, but um, I think that just, there's opportunity, there's always opportunity for you. You know, you just have to either find it or create it. If you can't find anything, there's nothing telling you that you couldn't put on uh, a Zoom theater production, you know? Mm -hmm. nobody's stopping you from doing that. It might be a little bit difficult, but in these times, you know, everything's trying, everything's difficult, so. But um, have you also like found time to maybe think about other ideas? Like, have you gotten any other ideas that you're hoping to implement in your show even once uh, the pandemic is over? Yeah, um, I think that the, the live option of the shows are really, are really good because people who aren't in the city or maybe can't make it to a show when we're back to doing shows in the bar, if we live stream those shows, that just brings drag to a bigger audience and people who might not want to go out yet or might not be comfortable going out yet, if we're still doing them, then they can still join the shows just virtually. As fall starts sweeping in around the world, I wanted to reflect on a very great summer for music. 2009 was the year that the Black Eyed Peas ruled the Billboard charts. I Got a Feeling was inescapable that summer, but there was a lot more going on too. A lot of artists that would get really big over the next decade started showing up that year. So let's look at who stuck around and who faded into obscurity at the tail end of summer 2009. This is still the number one. This was a chart that really kind of surprised me looking back on it. Because like... Where where were you in 2009? Were you in junior high or high school? Uh, I would have been oh, going into grade 9 when this came out. Yeah, and I was yeah, going going into grade 9. Uh so down where I went to school in Medicine Hat uh, we were actually the last batch of grade nines that were a part of the high school still. So we got to be freshmen for two years in a row. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, this was right when what I was starting you? high school as well. So going through this list, it has been very nostalgic and also really neat seeing what was on the charts given what we know now. Yes. So... Uh, rolling through the top 10 first, as we usually do on still the number one. Number 10, Pitbull with Hotel Room Service. 
that song which is is it's it's not aged as well as some of his other songs um it's now getting a little bit of its own comeback thanks to tiktok wait really yes like there's a few songs from the past uh from the 2000s that are now getting their own little comeback thank you to that platform no kidding yeah uh number nine cobra starship and leighton meester with good girls go back i have so much nostalgia for not only this song but this kind of music in general like i i've always kind of lumped cobra starship in with kesha and lmfao that kind of like sleazy party rock kind of music i just i have so much nostalgia for it and i hope that sound makes a little bit of a nostalgic comeback in the future because Mm. it's just so catchy and fun Right. And like um, this wasn't in rotation when we were at the radio station still, but like the odd time I would just slip it in there and you couldn't go wrong with jamming out to it. Yeah, it's just (laughs) it's one of those songs. that's just so much fun. Then number eight, Carrie Hilson featuring Kanye West and Neo with Knock You Down. Decent song, but I haven't heard it much. Never never really stood the test of time for that matter um when you think carrie hilson you automatically think of the song that she did with timbaland yeah, which that song yeah. still holds up let's be real here oh, oh for yeah. sure uh jay sean and little wayne with down at number seven that's another song i just remember hearing everywhere but now you know obviously little wayne has cemented himself as a great an all-time great in hip-hop jay sean you don't really hear too much of though no no, not at all. Um, we've mentioned this guy time and time again on our podcast. Uh, he is, uh, I would say, another one of those all-time greats when it comes to hip-hop. Drake, best I ever had at number Yeah, six. and this is like one of his like first like really big radio hits. And it's been really neat looking at this chart, seeing all the artists that are still on the Billboard charts today, but still getting their start on, yes. at the, on during this year. Absolutely. Uh, number five, Kings and Leon with You Somebody. Yeah, this was, gosh, I, I think the biggest year for Kings of Leon. That album was just like oh, everywhere. Sure. Absolutely. That, and it was uh, like You Somebody is a great song. It is. That whole album is great. I'm, I'm actually kind of embarrassed <laughs> that I don't have a vinyl copy yet because I like every song off of that album. Uh, you mentioned artists kind of getting their started. This was a few years into her career, but Taylor Swift, you belong with me at number four. Yeah, like this is like when pop music really started picking up on what Taylor Swift was putting out there. And she was still releasing like two versions, like the, the pop version and the stripped down country acoustic version. Yeah, and you know, sometimes taking the outlying approach works. And in this case, it really did because again, this song just got huge everywhere. Uh, number three, Jay-Z, Rihanna, and Kanye West with Run This Town. All icons, but again, you don't really hear this song too much, but it's amazing and seeing it was that the, jump on the charts. Like, Yeah, it was the biggest jump of the week. It uh, was uh, going up 63 spots to number three. I can't even think of a song these days that would make a jump that much. So kudos to them for, for doing that. That's impressive. Uh, this one debuting at number two this week. Miley Cyrus party in the USA still hot off that Hannah Montana fame too. And I think that is like, again, another big reason why it got big, but at the same time, it is a catchy song. It's one of those Miley Cyrus songs that I really dig. 
This is, uh, and the number one song was still when the Black Eyed Peas were good. I got a feeling. I'd argue that this was like the last time that they were good too, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the time, this new stuff they were releasing is, uh, it's like, what is going on with Black Eyed Peas? And maybe it's because there's no Fergie yeah. on this last album, but still. Yeah. Let's be real here. Fergie is like really the only time that the Black Eyed Peas were popular. I mean, their new stuff is getting acclaim. But like Mamacita and stuff like that is like in the top 10 now. I think. Yeah, but I know without Fergie, it's just it, it, it's not the same. But how did you feel about this song when it first came up? Because my opinion has changed dramatically on it. I think when it and this might be uh, along similar mindsets, I think when it was first released, it was one of those ones that was super overplayed. And so you kind of got tired of it after a while. And now it's like whenever you hear that song, you're like, okay, this is like one of those good party songs. Like I feel good. Like you want to hear it going into a weekend, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a great Friday song. And yeah, I, I I agree with you there. This song back in 2009 was the definition of overplayed. Like you could not go, I think more than a couple hours without hearing that song it would be similar to like blinding lights or roses today exactly but i'd say even more so (laughs) exactly yeah yeah. but it is impressive what the black eyed peas managed to do with that like have two number one songs in a row over the course of over half a year i think yeah i think it was half a year exactly if i'm not mistaken because it was 12 weeks with boom boom pow and then I Got a Feeling comes into the chart and rises up to number it was like one. like 13 weeks. Yeah, 14 weeks. So it, just insanity, but good on them for that, I guess. Yeah. Now, that's a, that's a feat that we will probably never see in our lifetime. I don't know. Never say never. I, I feel like there are a few artists that have come close, like uh, Ronnie Rich. He is like the only artist that's had two number one singles for multiple weeks this year. So I think, you know, if he keeps having this, this same success, it could happen. And you can, again, thank TikTok for that one. <laughs> Basically. Uh, some other uh, great songs that are on this. Uh, she Will from Shakira at number 12. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. That's a jam. It is. But, you know, most of, the, most of Shakira stuff is, you know, it, it, it's a decent jam. Like, even some of her deep cuts, I'd say, are pretty good. Like, if you haven't, like, given Shakira too much of a chance, like, if all you've heard is Hips Don't Lie, check out the rest of her songs. And, you They're know, good. the uh, the halftime show at the Super Bowl this year that she did with J-Lo was actually, like, probably one of the better halftime shows we've seen in the last decade. Right? The rest of them have just been so boring. Right? Yeah, we can agree with that. Totally. Katy Perry was uh, waking up in Vegas, but falling on the charts uh, down to 14 this week. Yeah, that song's still doing pretty good. Uh, Sean Kingston also, you know, doing pretty good on the charts, but falling down a little bit with Fire Burning. Yeah. That's another song I remember just being so overplayed that year. And now we never hear it anymore. Like you hear it like maybe once every couple of months at the most. Yeah. Um, And like more like like once every six months. Yeah. Depending on when you're listening. Exactly. Um, and then uh, the former number one that we did mention from the Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom Pow, was still at 15 this week. 
Yeah, still doing fairly well, and I think it would be still quite a while before it would completely drop out of the charts. Um, we also got Lady Gaga with Love Game again. You know, at this point, still relatively well established, but this was still, I'd say, a pretty big success for her. Early on in her career still at that point. Um, this is kind of late on in her career, Jordan Sparks in Battlefield. <laughs> she didn't have much of a career. Yeah, not really. Like, she had tattoo and another Battlefield one and yeah there's maybe one other yeah you know she still had some good stuff i like it for sure uh number 18 pitbull and i know y'all won't may yeah th- this was another one that i would say was kind of overplayed in 2009 i know again you don't hear it that much i know but when it does come on you're like oh finally some good pitbull and you're just like uno two three <laughs> you just have to do that part along with it you have to yeah i mean pitbull he may not be the best rapper but he he puts out some fun songs he he does he does his job just fine absolutely uh yeah. and then mario was right underneath that with gucci Mane and sean garrett in breakup yeah i i don't remember that song in the slightest nope no. somehow it was at number 19 that week though yeah and also speaking of songs that nobody has heard of in a while disney's friends for change send it on i don't remember hearing that anywhere and again somehow it debuted this week at number 20 probably dropped off pretty quick too i would assume so yeah probably and then just like every other chart you got your one country hit (laughs) jason aldean (laughs) big green tractor number 21 on the billboard hot 100 and that's probably because it was like number one on the country charts for so long and then somehow other people just started listening to it and it, well maybe it was because the rednecks love their john deers that's true <laughs> i mean it is an iconic look for sure um and then uh, lincoln park new divide was at number 24 oh uh, that was another really overplayed one it was like it was huge on rock stations because that's that's what I listened to at the time. And that is one song that I could not escape. And this is coming from somebody who, and that's coming from somebody who doesn't mind listening to Lincoln park. Yeah. But new divide. I think, I don't think it was one of their better songs. And I'm glad that it was only on the transformer soundtrack because I, I feel like it doesn't like hold up at, with the rest of their album cuts around that time. And then Daughtry was in at 25 with no surprise. Yep, post-grunge making its last stand with Daughtry. <laughs> yep, and that was basically the last we heard from Daughtry. I was actually listening a few years ago to uh, some friends of mine were doing uh, a podcast, and I can't remember how the conversation came up, but it was, um, they brought up Daughtry, or no, they brought up Chris Daughtry, and somebody said, who? And they just responded with Daughtry, and they were like, oh! <laughs> Like, how could you not get that out of that? Yeah. Also, I think it's hilarious because Chris Daughtry is, I think he's one of the few people to become a runner-up on two different singing competitions. Oh, right. Yeah. First with American Idol, and then I think just last year with The Masked Singer. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, And I could totally just, like, see him. His comeback will be as a judge for a... TV singing show, probably. 
I can see that, but still, like getting runner-up in two shows—that I'd say that's pretty impressive in its own way. I will—I will not like say that as a fault. I'd say that's that's a feat for him. I got it. He'll come back on like America's Got Talent. Yes, <laughs> that's the one he'll come back on. <laughs> yeah, and he'll like he'll perform one song that gets like highlighted during the show and gets like advertised like, "Oh, pick up this single now from Daughtry." Yeah, exactly. Uh, number 26 was, was Pink's Please Don't Leave Me. Yeah, great year for Pink in her music career. Not so much in her personal life. No, no, not really. Yeah. And but, she made sure we all knew about it. Yeah, but things worked out. They got back together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Green Day, 21 Guns. Not Another... my favorite Green Day song. Yeah, yeah. But I'd say, I'd say it's the last decent Green Day song, though. I can agree with that one. Yeah, and like, I, I, I say this as someone who has listened to the newer Green Day albums after 20, 21st Century Breakdown. They're not good anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah like, I, ha I, have you I, heard I, Father I, of All? I haven't, and I don't want to. I think I'm good with living my... Um... My past life enjoying Green Day. <laughs> Probably the best route, not going to lie. That's like, normally I'd tell you to open up your mind to to like older bands with their newer stuff. Not in this case, no. Number 29 was Jason Mraz and I'm Yours. Uh, I, this is one song that I hated back then, but now I actually love this song. I mean, I love how laid back it is. I, I think it is also that nostalgic feeling every time it comes on, right? Yeah. And Miley Cyrus at the climb at number thirty. Yeah, and weirdly enough, like this is this is a song I'm surprised has gotten like repeat airplay because like there were, there are a few times over the past couple of years where I heard it fairly regularly when we were at work, and like. There was all because this was also one of the releases that she did on the country charts. Yeah. So like I remember oh, probably a couple of years ago, I think it was when we when I made the decision to add it into the rotation, uh, like right after I did that, I was hearing it on like country stations in the city again. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, just uh, Miley Cyrus making a random comeback in places, but you know, it's it's a decent song. I like it well enough. For sure. Uh, and then there's your country again, Darius Rucker, at number 34 with All Right. Which is all right, but it's no wagon wheel. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. Thank you. But that's also one that you do still hear these days is All Right. Oh, absolutely. And Darius Rucker, he's like one of the few rockers turned country artists that... I really appreciate them going in that direction. I think they're actually like all the better for it. Cause I mean, you could kind of hear that a little bit with Hootie and the Blowfish. So I think like him going full country was the next logical step. And then this one, um, can't remember which in between matchbox 20 sessions this was, but number 35, Rob Thomas and her diamonds. Yeah, that was it, it's not my favorite Rob no. Thomas solo song, but you know, it's it's decent enough. Oh, wanna go back up to uh, number 31, 303 with oh, their this is a throwback. <laughs> oh my god, don't trust me. I I again it's another one of those nostalgic things for me. 
again with that kind of party rock sleazy pop music kind of sound 303 really doing it great and i don't know do you think it's fair to call 303 one hit wonders no no because there was like i would say three songs that they had that made it top 40 yeah there was this one it was starstruck yeah starstruck too that and that was when like helped launch Katy perry a little bit more too totally so yeah not fair to call them one hit wonders that's for sure yeah definitely Um, solid three hitter yeah number 37 uh beyonce was dropping down the charts with uh halo i can't believe that song is like from 2009 i thought it was like newer than that but nope i know right but Uh, still decent though yeah and i'd say it's one of beyonce's best songs uh, also, uh, number 38, this is a great song, Shine Down, Second Chance. Ah, uh, yes, Shine Down. I, I like this song. It, it, it was another one of those rock songs that was really overplayed when it first came out, but I liked it well enough. I, I still dig it. I'll put it on. I like Shine Down. Oh, for sure. And you can't yeah. help but belt it out with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> number 39, uh, Lady Gaga was there again with Poker Face. Yeah, another huge hit for her. And was number one at one point now falling down a little bit but at that point it was on the charts for a while too. oh for sure absolutely yeah, like 35 weeks that is impressive in its own right uh billy currington people are crazy in at number 41 uh, the funny story i have about this song mm-hmm. um back a few years ago i was emceeing the music festival up here in laclavish and one of the kids had uh used the song performed it and whatnot and like af- as I was extroing him, I was like, "How old are you?" And I think he said he was seventeen. Then I-, I was like, "Then you shouldn't know that beer is good." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, who hasn't like had that like one sip? I that know, one sip of beer I know, point? I know. I just well, you're not I- supposed I needed to, to be like funny. it. There, you're only supposed to pretend you like it. I I I needed to be funny somehow. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, you know, it works. Yeah. Uh, I honestly think that Billy Currington could almost re-release that single right now because it feels perfect for 2020. But I mean, it's still like, as somebody who was uh, doing shows on country as well, that song would come up every so often in the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still getting played. Don't don't kid yourself on that one. Fair enough. Uh, number, Fair enough. F- number 44, The Fray, Never Say Never. Another good song from them. The Fray, I I like them well enough. I associate them with very specific memories. Like, I associate them with going to church. Oh, okay. Yeah, because one of my friends who I would go to church with, he always had The Fray going on in his car most of the time. It was either some random, some random Christian band, The Fray, and every now and then some Red Hot Chili Peppers to- tossed in there, too. And you would also probably hear You Found Me quite a bit, which was at number 46 this week. Oh, yes. That was the song that we heard more often than Never Say Never. <laughs> and I think that's the reason why Never Say Never is a little higher on the chart, because you don't have to hear it as much. Uh, and then number 45, stuck in the middle there, was Nickelback's If Today Was Your Last Day. Still pretty decent on the charts, but, you know, it was like getting to the point where, you know, 
people are starting to get a little more indifferent to Nickelback at this point instead of just straight up loathing them or <laughs> them hey like I, I've said this for years there's really only two ways that you can go about things with Nickelback they're a very polarizing band you either love them or you hate them there's yeah. no in between yeah but this is a good song this it is a great this one that was in at number 49 getting uh another little bit of a kickstart again thank you to tiktok taylor swift love story yeah and seeing like four, well 49 weeks on the charts mm-hmm. again super impressive and managing to get into the top five but still a little bit more room for taylor swift to keep getting higher and higher yeah uh, and yeah, I can't believe it just, it, it peaked at number four. That was such a popular song. I'm surprised that wasn't a number one. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of amazing what songs you think are big hits until you like look at the charts. Like I thought there were so many songs that were bigger and, and than they actually were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of 80s one hit wonders, like a, a lot of songs that I thought were like at the top of the world only did like mid chart success. Yeah. Oh, totally. Happens all the time. Uh, Colby Calais, Fallen For You, number 53. Yeah, this is... I I don't hear that one on radio, but, you know, it, I, I like... It's probably, like, one of uh, that and um, Brighter Than The Sun are, like, her two most upbeat, summery vibe songs. Yeah, but she's good with that kind of music. Like, anytime oh, when you sure. want, like, Catalina wine mixer music, that that's what she makes. And didn't, like... Didn't her dad or something produce like the Rumors album? Maybe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was a Fleetwood Mac album. You're Googling Colby Calais' dad right now, aren't you? Indeed I am. <laughs> because we are right in front of... Yes, uh, let's see here. Ken, Ken Calais? And yes, he actually produced Fleetwood Mac's most popular albums. Not just Rumors, but also Tusk and Mirage as well. Oh, there we go. I at least had one of the three. Uh, and then uh, the dude who uh, who does every radio announcer's job for them. Jason Derulo. Derulo. What you say was at 54 this week. Yeah, I I don't like that song just because I like hide and seek so much. And to hear him overuse the sample. That's his thing, though, is samples. And there's that new one that he's got. Well, there's out. nothing wrong with sampling, but you gotta you gotta know how to do it right. He he created uh, a song with. Um, there's a couple other artists he collabed with. It's called Savage Love. It's out now, and it started off of a TikTok sound that was literally just. Boop, boop, boop. And it just got, he sampled that and it became a, a hit yeah. somehow. Well, isn't he like, isn't he like giving up music just to focus on TikTok now or something? But it's like he's got a, a top five song now. Like what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. It's just. Jason Derulo is one weird dude. He is. But I will say this, uh, he was, per, he was the perfect cast member for Cats. <laughs> uh lmfao one of your uh favorite bands uh that that in terms of party hits and whatnot uh, i'm in miami trick at number 55 yeah still a sign of things to come for lmfao and they they really milked that song a lot too like if you go into streaming services i think at least up in canada i've seen this on spotify i'm not sure if it's anywhere else 
but they did a version of I'm in, I'm in Miami trick, but they did it with a whole bunch of other song of other cities, I should say. Oh, for sure. Like they had, I'm uh, in Toronto, I'm in Edmonton, I'm in Calgary. Mm-hmm. I think even I'm in Hamilton. Did they just like look at the list of where their CFL teams and just took that? I think so. <laughs> uh number 56 the zach brown band with another one of those summary songs and toes yeah zach brown band is always going to be one of those bands that i'm just very fond of Mm-hmm. yeah like every every single that they do is pretty good they expand the sound of country music a little bit more like just enough to make things interesting and make me want to keep coming back but still keeping like firmly in country Without it being a crossover, you know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, number 63, the Beebs, one time. Yeah. And like, this is when, like, I think a lot of people were very. It, it goes back to that Nickelback argument. You either loved or you hated the Beebs. And I think it, and... I think it all depends on the era, too, because it's like I, I couldn't stand his voice back then. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as he matured and as his voice changed, I started liking it a little bit more. And now his music does absolutely nothing for me. I don't hate it. I don't like it. It's just meh. Although I will say I hate intentions. Yeah. They're like, I, 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 I don't, the lyrics are so not there for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I can see where you're going with. I actually decided to listen to that whole album just once the whole way through just to see what it's like. It all sounds the same. I believe it. Uh, (laughs) I haven't even listened. I believe it. Uh, Number 64, Cobra Starship making another appearance with Hot Mess. Yeah, I don't remember this track as much as, say, you know, Good Girls Go Bad or You Make Me Feel Good. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's decent enough listening back to it. Uh, We also got Flo Rida and Neo. Number 65. With Beyond Another you. one that you don't hear. Yeah, you don't hear that as much. Just like you don't hear Beyonce's Sweet Dreams, which is at number 68. Yeah, and number 69, Flo Rida and Nelly Furtado, Jump. Yeah, just not doing much. Last Chance, Genuine at number 71. Whenever you hear Genuine, it's Pony. Or In yeah. Those Jeans. So I guess that was his last chance at chart success because you haven't really heard much from him since. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Theory of a Dead Man, not meant to be at number 74. I had something for that, but I lost it. I, oh, don't. Do, I know where you're going with it. Do not. Okay. Okay, I guess that pun was not meant to be. I will just end this call now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. But I mean wasn't the best song off of that album no. and let's face it three of a dead man yeah really i would have really? i wouldn't have mind they were at extreme Mudfest. was it last year I'm seeing them live but yeah or two years ago one of the two anyway but. uh number 79 kelly clarkson with already gone yeah, and looks like it's going up a little bit. I like yeah. that song from her. I think it's one of her yeah, better songs. And, uh, it, it's it's still good when you hear it every so often. Um, and then this one was right before Cascada evacuated the dance floor. 
I took it from you. I took it. (laughs) Number 80, it debuted this week. That's all right. That's all right. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's another song that I I hear everywhere. But I guess it it wasn't like a big, huge, super duper major hit. But if I could the dance floor, it was just, it was always there. But now you can't find it. And then number 85 was Lady Antebellum's Need You Now. Uh, That's another song that I really dig. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, going going a little further down, you got Britney Spears with Ray. Uh, Brad Paisley. Oh, and Uncle Cracker, Smile, which was I think the best song that he's ever done. Um, I might argue that with the cover of Drift Away. Nah, I mean, I like that one too. I think because but... it, I think because he still kept Dobie Gray on that one that it was that it was a good song. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, in terms of, like, just, like, Uncle Cracker on his own doing, like, an original song, I like Smile. I, I just think it's it's just, like, a nice, cheerful, feel-good song, and I really like it. And uh, number 94, Kelly Clarkson making another appearance with I Do Not Hook Up. Another decent song. I'm surprised it didn't do more. No. You know? Like, it, uh, well, I mean, it did uh, peak at 20. So it was mid-chart success. It was a bit chart success, but still, like I, I thought it was a really good Kelly Clarkson song. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And- so yeah, looking through the charts and looking back at the top, I got a feeling Black Eyed Peas. Do you think it's still the number one? Still the number one. Yeah, I think it's still the number. I one. think it's I- it's better than number one now. <laughs> yes. Like it's it's kind of transcended things. It's transcended the charts. It is one of those all time great songs, and it has grown on me so much. Out of the entire list, though, which one would probably be your favorite? Uh, I mean, probably Use Somebody, Kings of Leon. I was going to go for that one as well. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's it's hard picking a favorite on this chart. Like, there's there's actually a lot of really good stuff on this one. So much nostalgia from when we were going into high school. Yes, yeah, and... I don't know. I don't really miss. I don't really miss high school as a whole. But dancing along to those at you know the first school dance of the year, a lot of good times. Huge thank you to Scott Mitchell for joining me and doing the production work for Still the Number One. Listen to his podcast, Somewhat Blind Substance, sometime. Link in the show notes. Also, thanks once again to LaDonna Stone. I'll link to their social media also in the notes along with a link to the Tim Gavin Show Facebook page. Make sure you give us a like. Make sure you subscribe. Listen to some of the previous episodes as well. And leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. Share this podcast with the music lover in your life. And a huge thank you for checking things out today. I'm Tim Gavin. This is The Tim Gavin Show, a holistic look at music and pop culture.